and welcome to On the Bright Side. I'm your host, Micah Hart. It's a wonderful day here in Hillsdale, and I can't wait to share the news with you. I hope that you have had a great week so far, and that you can enjoy listening to the news for a few minutes with me as we dig through the negativity to find the rare, yet present, positive news and perspectives. It can be so hard to do so, but it is so worth it. This week has been really difficult to find positive news, but it still can be found. As I was looking for stories to talk about, I will be honest in telling you that it was extremely difficult because the news just seems to be so negative. Yet here we are again with another week of news to share because something positive can always be found. No matter how small the story is, it must be shared because the positivity in the news is rarely given the chance to shine. Let's jump right into today's news. The Michigan Senate recently approved significant tax cuts where corporations will see a great deal of tax cuts. This story is an update from when I shared with you about Michigan State's budget being revealed by Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Senate Bill 768 plans to reduce the individual income tax rate from 4.25% to 3.9%. In addition to this, the bill includes cutting the corporate income tax from 6.0% to 3.9%. Projections from the Senate Fiscal Agency reveal that these cuts will reduce tax collections by more than $2.5 billion by the 2024 fiscal year. It is important to note that the Republicans do hold control of the Senate and the House. But Governor Gretchen Whitmer is a Democrat. Republicans and Democrats fall on both sides of what these cuts will do. The Republicans believe that it will grow businesses and create a competitive track for the state. Democrats argue that this bill puts corporations over the working class and fails to help them. But Republicans suggested that it it does indeed help working class families as well. This story is an update from last week's story, and Republicans are probably happy about this, but Democrats probably aren't. Whichever side of the aisle you fall, negotiations are bound to take place, as the parties are going to be in gridlock because of who holds the different branches of power. While this may seem like a bad thing, it is actually the exact opposite, because it will hopefully force government officials to put the public good first and compromise. Although we all desire for our way to be followed perfectly, it rarely happens, and compromise is a must. With this in mind, this will most likely be a good thing, as both parties will have to work with each other to get anything done. We shall see what comes out of this story. I'm sure that it is going to be a very heated topic within the state of Michigan over the next few weeks, and I am going to keep you updated on this as I have been already. A Michigan principal was recently accused of changing the grades of some students, including his own children's grades, for several years. Over the last eight years, Spring Lake High School principal Mike Gilchrist 
changed the grades of at least 30 different students. On January 24th, Gilchrist was placed on administrative leave so that an investigation could take place. Just a day later, the principal openly said that he manipulated the grades of some students. Upon saying this, he offered his resignation. His resignation was approved by a unanimous vote by the Spring Lake Board of Education on February 10th. The investigation found that some cases of grade changes came two years after the student completed the given course that received the grade change. Gilchrist did step up when accused, apologized, and offered up his resignation. However, the damage had already been done. The students that attend the school who have had their grades changed, along with their parents, will both meet with school staff to discuss the matter. This is the kind of story that infuriates me. When the whole issue of Lori Laughlin and others cheating the college admissions process came to fruition, I was livid. In a similar sense, I am very upset. Not only is this unfair, but it does not do the students any justice at all. While this story makes my blood boil, there is some positivity in it, due to the fact that the principal was caught and called on to resign. While some of the grade changes were not caught before the students graduated, there are a few that were just caught and are being dealt with as we speak. I am by no means going after the students. I believe that what the principal did was truly a shame, and he should, and thankfully was, held accountable. Thankfully he was caught, and the superintendent and others did all they could to ensure that this will never happen again by starting an investigation and working with faculty to understand the situation as best as they could. Situations like this one should never happen, but they do. And I'm glad that there are still people out there who are willing to take a stand and say something about injustices that are going on, especially in the school academia area, because I feel like it happens so much, but we don't talk about it. And superintendents like this one, are doing something to make a change in this world and in the academic world. In Arizona, a family farm owner is running for attorney general as the border crisis continues to escalate. Tiffany Sheed, a farmer in the state of Arizona, has decided to run to be the next attorney general of the state. As the open border policies of the Biden administration continue to remain intact, the farmer became more and more interested in running, to the point where she is now deciding to run. She is a Republican campaign, and she is campaigning specifically on this border issue. This story has a lot to unload. While it was a short one to describe, there is a lot to comment on. For starters, the Biden administration has failed the American people in regards to protecting the border. Now, I don't desire for this to become an opinion show, but I am going to give my opinion on this issue. President Biden and Vice President Harris have done virtually nothing to stop the crisis that is taking place at the border. With this in mind, it is no wonder why people like Tiffany are deciding to run for office. These people want their homes to be protected. And the government is doing nothing. So these people believe that they must step up and protect their rights. 
Furthermore, this story may not seem positive, but there is a light because people like Tiffany are actually stepping up to the plate and trying to do something. They're not becoming complacent. Patriotic Americans are doing what they can to protect this country and her people. Although some of you may not agree with me, I believe that whatever side of the aisle you fall on, you should want people to be civically educated and engaged. That is what society should be. We need people who know what they're talking about and who are willing to stand up and fight for what they believe in when they believe an injustice has been committed. The number of Democrats leaving Congress continues to grow as Representative Kathleen Rice just announced her retirement. Rice is the 30th Democrat to announce that they will not be running for another term. The Republicans need a net gain of just five seats to take back the majority in the House. And history seems to be in their favor as the, as the opposing party of the president typically does well. Republicans are saying that this is because the Democrats know that they are going to lose their majority. But Democrats are not admitting to this rhetoric. I don't want to look at this story from either party's perspective. So I am going to look at it from the lens of an American citizen. As a citizen... I am thrilled that there are retirements and that people are moving on from Congress. Now, I don't care what party the person is in. I could care. I wouldn't care anymore if a Republican was retiring because I feel that people shouldn't be in Congress as a career. We need new blood in Congress. We need change. And change is not going to come from some career politicians in D.C. who have been there for decades and don't know what we the people actually want. They don't know what it's like to be a normal American. They've been living in D.C. for decades upon decades, just raking in the money, and they're not serving us anymore. They're not doing things to help us. We're still struggling with issues we struggled in the past. While this story may be upsetting to some, as some of po their favorite politicians may be moving on or retiring, it is a story of optimism as new people are going to represent us and bring new ideas to congress as i said congress needs all the help it can get as several members have been there for longer than they should be new ideas and new people need to have a spot at the table hopefully this election is able to bring a, this goal about or at least get us closer to that goal. Russia announced that some troops will be returning back to their base after being stationed at the Ukrainian border. Units from the southern and western military districts of Russia, very close to the Ukrainian border, are being sent back to their barracks. The United States and other western officials have noted that they are proceeding with caution to ensure that Russia is really, truly pulling back their troops because there are ongoing exercises in Belarus, north of Ukraine, and in the Black Sea. At this point, all are just waiting to see what Russia does. Is a de-escalation effort on the way? Or 
is that not going to happen? This de-escalation idea has kind of gone out the window right now, as Russia's parliament called on President Vladimir Putin to recognize two Russian-controlled breakaway groups in Ukraine as independent. The move to recognize these would probably bring Western sanctions and cause the crisis to only get worse. Putin did say that he would not immediately recognize the two regions, though. In a later interview, though, Putin did not say that the crisis is over and even said that Ukraine must never enter NATO. On Tuesday night, a cyber attack did hit the websites of Ukraine's military um, official websites and their largest banks, two of them, to be specific. An attack could come this week for against Ukraine, but nobody knows for sure. The U.S. is warning that an attack could come this week, though, so they are taking as much caution as they can and just warning that an attack may come this week at some point. I've heard about this story on campus as I walk around and hear people talking about it, and honestly, it, it's kind of scary to think about. There is not much positivity in this story, and I know that, but I, I do believe there is some. Hopefully, Russia continues to return troops to their bases away from the Ukrainian border. While this issue is very concerning to me, it is great to see the Western powers coming together to stand up to Russia. As I said, there is not much positivity in this story, and I'm not going to try to make it sound like there is. But there is a sense of unity that comes out of this. In times of peril, unity is always key. The Western powers must stand up to Russia and ensure that this does not get more out of hand than it already has. Russia must be held accountable for their actions. The actions that they are taking right now are very dangerous and must be checked. We must ensure that Russia does not invade Ukraine. I will keep you updated on this story as we get more information. It's a story that's changing all the time. It's developing so rapidly that I'm sure even after this show goes up, something new will come about of the show, of this um, tragedy that's going on, this crisis. So I will be sure to keep you informed as the weeks continue to go on and as we have new shows each week. As most people know, the legendary actor best known for his comedy and role as Danny Tanner in both Full House and Fuller House died at the age of 65 last month. In a recent medical report, it was detailed that Bob Saget most likely fell and hit the back of his head prior to his death. In addition to this, the medical examiner found that he, Bob Saget, had COVID-19 at the time of his death. No drugs or alcohol were involved in his death. His family is attempting to keep this on the down low and they don't want everything to be released because they don't think it would be a great idea. So we don't know all of the information, but this is what we do know um, and what we have been told by the medical examiner. This story is really difficult for me because I remember watching Full House reruns and the television show Fuller House on Netflix. The death of Bob Saget was very sudden. It is truly a tragedy. 
Death is so difficult to comprehend, especially when it is unexpected. Thankfully, Saget's loved ones were able to get some comfort in knowing the cause of his death. While very little positivity can come about from this story, it is a good thing that they were able to find out how he died. I hope this brings a little more comfort to those closest to the late actor. My condolences go out to his family and friends. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Thank you for all of the smiles and laughs over the years. You will be greatly missed. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of On the Bright Side. I had a great time researching these stories and finding the positivity in them. As I always say, it is so hard to do so. But embrace it. I know that the world that we live in makes it nearly impossible to embrace the good in the world. But we can do it, especially when we do it together. I hope that you have a great rest of your week and that you continue to dig deeper and look for the positivity in the news. As I always say, it's there. You've just got to look really hard. And I am going to be here every week to encourage you and be by your side and bring you stories and hopefully help you learn about looking at the news from the bright side. Again, thank you so much for spending the past several minutes listening to this show and hearing me talk about the good that can come from some tragic stories. Also, thank you to those of you who have been listening week after week to this show. I really appreciate the love and support. It's been great doing this show, and it's been great for me, too, and being able to challenge myself to look at the news positively. As I said a few weeks ago, and said last week even, I I really don't know because the news is just so hard to look at it. And when I look at it, I always see negativity and it makes me not want to look. Every time I watch, I just don't want to watch anymore because it's so negative. And then I started doing this show and it's completely changed my perspective. And I'm just so fortunate to be able to talk about this for several minutes and research it and do all of that because it really challenges me and pushes me and makes me want to listen to the news again because before this I really didn't want to to be quite honest with you and I thought that my goal of going into journalism was over because I didn't want to be someone spreading all this negativity but now I can combine my passions of telling the news and doing so in a positive manner together and I've been able to create this show and learn so much so thank you so much for allowing me to do this. And thank you for listening and being there to just encourage me as I go along. I hope that you enjoy listening to this as much as I am enjoy making these episodes. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 WRFH. Thank you so much and have a great day. <laughs>